Welcome in to another new NACE International podcast. My name is Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro Magazine and with Materials Performance Magazine. Today, as we continue our Codings Pro interview series, we're joined by Reed Ribble, CEO of the National Roofing Contractors Association, better known as NRCA. Reed also has past experience as the president of his own roofing company and even as a United States congressman from the state of Wisconsin. Reed, good morning. How are you? Hey, Ben. I'm doing great. It's great to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. Uh, for those that may remember, we had Reed back in the origins of our uh, COVID-19 interview series back in March of this year, once the pandemic just got started. We'll certainly touch on that a little bit as we move our way through this podcast, where we are in the recovery and what it means for roofing contractors. But before we get into the issues of the day, tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. I know I mentioned some of it already, but what is it about your history that makes you such a natural fit to lead a roofing association like NRCA? Yeah, um, I, I started in the roofing business uh, back when I was 22 years old. I'm almost 65 today. And so about 1977 or so, um, I started in the roofing business, uh, started mostly as a residential contractor by uh, 1982 or 83. Uh, we had moved mostly into commercial roofing and I did uh, both commercial and residential roofing for about 35 years. Uh, and then in 2009, I sold the company to go ahead and run for Congress. But during that time, I got heavily involved with NRCA and uh, was on their board of directors, became uh, the chairman of the board in 2005 and uh, spent a year as chairman. And so I've had a, a, a long time uh, investing in volunteer work within the roofing industry. And uh, it certainly provided a, a good living for my family and I. It helped educate my, my two boys through college and, uh, uh, and actually became the launch pad for me to have a successful run to the U.S. House of Representatives. And then when I was done with my service in Congress, because I went in with a um, pre-planned and pre-promised uh, term limit, uh, I left Congress voluntarily at a time where uh, Republicans were serving in the majority. Uh, I had no announced opponent, but I still decided to, uh, to leave. And then uh, NRCA uh, came with uh, an offer to become their new CEO upon the retirement of Bill Good, who was their long-term, three-decade long-term CEO prior to me. So it's a, it's a natural fit for me, and I've enjoyed my time with NRCA and being back in the roofing industry. As far as NRCA goes in particular, one thing that I know is new within the last couple of months is the healthcare program that you all recently introduced specifically for the roofing industry. Tell our audience a little bit more about uh, the healthcare aspect of NRCA, what you've recently rolled out, and how that came to be. Because as I see it, it's pretty innovative. You don't see that much in terms of an association that's doing that type of program. So explain some background and what the origins of that were. Sure. We have uh, we've dabbled in the past, when I say we, meaning NRCA and the roofing industry, has dabbled in the past with trying to come up with a solution for our members and for the roofing industry to have some type of affordable health insurance uh, for both the principals and for their workers. But it's always been difficult because you're dealing with, uh, you know, 50 different state governments that you have to comply with and coming up with a national program. Uh, quite frankly, it had been a challenge that we were unable to, to accomplish. Uh, however, as we continue to explore it and we continue to have uh, requests from our members about trying to come up with a solution to this ever-increasing uh, health care uh, problem, 
uh, we continue to look at our options. And finally, uh, we decided to take a look at the potential of starting our own healthcare captive. You know, the captive insurance industry has gotten very large, particularly in areas of workers' comp and uh, general liability, but hadn't really uh, had a big foothold in the health insurance space. But we thought that there was an opportunity here, and so uh, we partnered with a company called Vault Strategies, and um, we attacked this problem uh, via a rent-a-captive model uh, where we're, we're participating in an established captive until we get enough insured lives to launch our own. But inside this model, uh, we, we answered the problems that have kept us from being successful in the past. And one of those problems was providing a health insurance option or options, I should say, plural, mm -hmm. um, to smaller contractors. So we can insure down to two lives in an individual company. So we've got something for small companies while simultaneously having something for companies with several thousand employees. And we've got a wide range of insurance options. So people can find something that fits the, the benefit model that they want to have for their company. But most importantly, this can be written and underwritten through your local insurance uh, agent. A lot of roofing companies have built long-time uh, relationships with a local agent, and those agents have been reluctant to uh, lose those customers to a national program like we're speaking of. But by including um, uh, the local agents in this process, uh, it, we've really knocked down a, a significant barrier to its success. And so you can call your local agent, tell them I'm interested in the National Roofing Contractors Insurance Health Insurance Program through Vault Strategies, and they'll be able to uh, to underwrite it right locally. And, and it, it saves a lot of time because they've got a lot of the data on your workforce already. And so uh, we feel pretty good about where it's at. Over 100 companies are now getting prices right now, oh, wow. and uh, we're hearing good results. Yeah, that's a pretty cool program. I suspect a lot of your members would want to take advantage of that. As far as your members go, aside from the healthcare program, what else is going on in the market in late October 2020 as it pertains to the roofing industry? When you talk to these members, what are some of the themes or the trends that you're hearing from those guys as it pertains to the market conditions right now? Yeah, um, and it, the answer to that question varies quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, NRCA is a national association, so we've got members in all 50 states. And, and so what we're hearing from our members depend what type of work they do and also where they're located in the country. So for example, if they're in the in the southeast part of the United States, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, they're super busy because of the storm activity that was there. All right. And so let's set let's set that aside because it's a storm event that it was so large and, and quite frankly so frequent um, in the late summer that that has spiked work and, and demand up uh, dramatically in the southeast. For the rest of the country, it depends what type of work you're doing. If you're in the commercial roofing, uh, industrial roofing uh, area, you're, you're likely to be experiencing somewhat of a slowdown now. And uh, in the upper Midwest, in the Northeast, um, members are, are reporting that they're still looking for work and uh, they're actively bidding work, which is a change from a dramatic change from a year ago where members were reporting that they were booked up through the winter and into the spring. 
And so we're starting to see a slowdown around the country on commercial uh, roofing, a dramatic slowdown after the summer in institutional roofing. And so what had happened when all the schools shut down early back in March and April, mm-hmm. they jumped on a lot of their roofing work. And when I talk about institutional work, I'm talking about, you know, public schools, universities, hospitals, things like that. That work get, happened right away. And a lot of them wanted to front end load a lot of that work. Um, and, and some of them did work beyond what they would normally schedule for a single year. So people were really busy in institutional work in May, June, and July, and now that work has tapered off dramatically. We've seen a uh, really nice uptick, however, in residential roofing. Uh, The residential roofing sector of uh, the roofing industry has had a very robust year, uh, equal to some of their best years, and uh, continues to be robust going into the late fall here. And that's driven in part by the fact that citizens were working from home so they were more cognizant and more aware of problems with their roof mm-hmm. they received uh stimulus funds up to you know if you had a a family of uh, four kids you've got somewhere around thirty five hundred dollars of stimulus money and quite frankly they weren't spending money on vacation which is a big ticket item for families and so they were cash rich and they were uh, uh very aware And so we saw a nice spike in residential roofing that's now continued into the fall. And so it kind of, like I said, depends what type of work you're doing and where you're located in the country um, as far as market conditions. How much of a factor when you're talking about those market conditions is what's going on with COVID? Because when you look at the landscape, there's a ton of variance from state to state in terms of what the regulations are. And there's also a lot of variance from one area of the country to the other to you know, what state has cases that are spiking. For example, Wisconsin's been in the news a lot on that front. Obviously, I know you're familiar with that with regards to their caseload. As far as roofing contractors, how much variance is there depending on, I suppose, the COVID cases or the regulations in their area? Yeah, well, um, I think for the most part, a lot of the regulatory uh, environment and um, but I might say regulatory confusion that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all kind of been worked through the system now as uh, NRCA with a, long of our, uh, with a lot of our industry partners w- was able to, to, to lobby not just state governors, but the federal government to make uh, roofing services considered essential. And so for the most part, these roofing companies are working. However, with that said, where we're seeing big spikes, and you, you just mentioned Wisconsin, uh, and they're, they're having a, a dramatic spike up. We are having more and more reports of roofing companies that have had employees tested positive for COVID. And that becomes a big disruptor because now they have to do contact tracing. What other employees in their company did this particular employee interface with during their period of asymptomatic uh, infection. And so in some cases, entire crews and, and also entire companies have been shut down for two weeks as they deal with a COVID case inside their business. And that's where we're seeing the biggest impact. As far as roofing jobs and the materials they're using, or the equipment for that matter, we can talk about the coatings, we can talk about the equipment, but for those contractors, they're fortunate enough to be able to move forward in this environment and of course find the work 
Are there any products or technologies that you're seeing that are popular with your members this year? And what I mean by that, of course, we've had in past years, uh, cool roofs or white silicones have really taken off. So I'm just sort of curious, be it materials or equipment, are there certain types of products or technologies that have momentum this year with your audience? Well, yeah, and I would say a couple of things. First of all, on the fluid applied side of things, uh, the fluid applied uh, systems are seeing nice growth all throughout the all throughout the country. You mentioned silicone. Uh, there's a lot of our members that are doing uh, two part or two uh, layer, multiple layer silicone projects with sometimes a base layer of urethane and then silicone cover. And um, and those those systems, because they they go on so easily and you can cover a lot of square feet in a, with less labor, uh, have become in, uh, increasing in popularity. And as the manufacturing community improves performance, uh, we're seeing more and more traditional roofing companies using fluid applied systems. But uh, what, what we're seeing, I think, nationwide is, is a trend toward uh, any type of system that will reduce labor uh, on the install side of the, of the roofing system. And so um, manufacturers over the last decade or so have responded nicely to the demand for workforce by uh, on the, in the sheet systems, whether TPO, PVC, or EPDM, providing large sheets, um, providing better ways to install it, providing different types of uh, fluid applied adhesives that can speed up the application and allow roofing contractors to get on and get off that job as quickly as possible. And so I, I wouldn't say that I've specifically seen a dramatic shift this year in any particular system other than a, a an ever-increasing awareness um, on the roofing contractor's side of trying to reduce labor on every single job. That makes a lot of sense in this environment, definitely. Um, switching gears a little bit, as I referenced earlier, you were in Congress as recently as four years ago. There's obviously a pretty big election coming up all around the country in, well, two weeks from when we're recording this on Tuesday the 20th. So when you're looking across the country at various candidates and platforms, when your members are considering their options, what are some of the policy issues or talking points that potentially matter as it pertains to roofing companies, the industry, your members. Obviously, you hear a lot of talk in various races about incentives for small business. So from a policy perspective, for the roofing industry, what are some of the topics that you're looking at politically that might matter to your contractors? Yeah, and I think uh, I'll kind of start it off by, by saying this. The, the policy things that that matter to the roofing industry create a mixed bag for selecting who you might want to have in control. True. So, so for for example, um, the uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act had some significant uh, improvements in the tax code for commercial roofing contractors and for commercial real estate uh, owners. Um, prior to that bill. A, a, if you replace the roof on a commercial building, you would have to depreciate that that expense over 39 years, whereas the jo the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, signed by President Trump in 2017, allowed uh, commercial real estate building owners to expense uh, up to a million dollars of that expense in year one, and so it, that was a significant 
um, change in the tax policy, uh, as well as the, a significant reduction that was done in that same bill on the corporate tax side, whether you're uh, a, a C corporation or an S corp. And so uh, the roofing industry wants to see that those changes become become permanent in law and are not undone because they really stimulated the roofing economy over the last three or four years. And so those were significant gains. And so um, in that case, many roofing company uh, owners uh, would say, man, we need to reelect President Trump. I would say that's also the case when it comes to the regulatory environment. Um, President Trump has been been very good on the regulatory front for the roofing industry. And and so uh, there are a couple wins there. However, President Trump's been been uh, relatively bad for the roofing industry in terms of immigration reform, in terms of workforce development, uh, in terms of uh, trade. And those things were a net negative. And so in that case, we typically would find Democrat leaders in, in Congress or in the White House to be more amenable to making changes to immigration policy, trade policy, and to... Um, to uh, th those types of things that would uh, help us get a better workforce. And so depending where you are in your business, uh, you're going to be making a determination to support the candidate that you feel is going to most likely improve what matters most to you. And I would tell you that uh, our members are pretty much all over the map on it in this election. Uh, NRCA does not make uh, endorsements in uh, the presidential race. We never have, and we don't really intend to here. That makes sense, and I think that's a good way of characterizing it, just framing it within the competing interest, and then, of course, let your members decide as far as where they are, what their individual priorities are on these various issues, and so on and so forth. Reed, before we sign off, for anyone listening who, on that front or any other when it comes to the roofing industry, roof coatings, roof contractors, uh, for anyone who wants more resources from you guys or you in particular, what's the best way that they can reach out and get that? I'm assuming it's the website, but for anyone that needs more information from NRCA, what's the best way they can take advantage of those resources? Yeah, and you, know, you mentioned to the website, that's, that's, that's obviously your, your, your first entry point because there's so much information there and you, depending on what your concern is and how we might be able to help you, like if it's a technical question, when you go to our website, you can go right to our context list and get right through to one of our technical experts. If it's a risk management, the same thing. If it's a legal, the same thing. And so we've got experts uh, that, that are um, ready, willing, and able to respond to both your emails or phone calls. And so start at the website and shoot us a note. And you can always reach out to me. My, my email address is rribble at nrca.net. And you should always feel free to reach out to me, and we'll try to connect you with the person that's best able to help you with whatever question or uh, engagement that you'd like to have with, with NRCA. There's a lot of things that, of course, we reserve for our members. We'd love to have everybody as a member, but we also do a lot uh, and help people that aren't members. And so we, we want to make our case and, and help win you over at some point if you're not a member. And uh, we have a lot for you even if you're not a member. And so um, start, start at nrca.net. Sounds great. Folks, this is where we will wrap up today's podcast. For Reed Ribble, I'm Ben DuBose. And if you want more insight from us at NACE before our next podcast, I strongly encourage you to check out 
nace.org, and codingspromag.com. Also, if you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. As always, thanks for listening, and please come back soon for another new podcast episode.